Amen. Well, tonight is going to be a night where the message that I think God has for us tonight is going to take us from being great hopers to great believers. And um, the title is Pursue. So tonight, we're going to learn the steps in pursuing what God has for us. Amen? Let's take a quick minute and pray. Father, I do thank you that that you are in the midst of who we are. Father, I thank you tonight that as I speak, that your words go forth. Father, not anything of me, but all of you. Father, just fill my mind with your presence and, and my mouth with your praise. Father, in my heart, set to speak your word. Father, I thank you that we have ears to hear in an atmosphere of worship. We love you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, um, as uh, I was preparing for this, uh, at, at school, I felt to start working out with this girl at my school, and um, we started doing some videotapes, and is this too close to my mouth? Is it too loud? Am I good? Okay. Because I'm, I'm normally loud, so I'm trying to hold it back because I can really, like, get it. And So if I do, you just guys go, and I'll be like, oh, yeah. Because John tells me all the time, like, hey, shh, you're inside. <laughs> hey, shh, I'm right here. So, you know, John, you can take me down if I get too loud. But anyway, we've been doing these tapes, and some of them have been, some of them have been hard. And there's one that we particularly started doing, and it's a yoga tape. And it's... All of the moves of yoga without the spiritual side of yoga, which is like awesome because, you know, I'm not going to find my center because I know where it is. And uh, so I don't need to lay on the floor and somebody tell me where it is. I, th- so I love the moves of yoga without, and so we found this tape. It was by accident. And it was Jillian Michaels. And halfway through it, we're doing, um, I think it's a warrior three pose. But anyway, you're down and you're, you know, and you're, and you're like this. And, and by this time, in the middle of the thing, you're like, you know, shaking because your muscles are done. And, and you're down there. And I love her because she doesn't say, oh, poor baby. She, you know, in the middle of it, you're shaking. You're like, is that all you got? No, ma'am. You know, <laughs> and you're down there. And you're in your warrior three and you're proud. You know, and you're looking off in the distance. And she said, you're going to have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm like, I like that saying. <laughs> I love that saying because it's exactly, you know, when you're, when you're doing what God has you to do, there's going to be lots of times that you're going to be uncomfortable because you put yourself in a position where if nothing happens and God doesn't come through, you're not going to make it. So you're going to have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. You're going to have to push through those places because when you're standing down there in your proud warrior three pose with your knee over your leg and you're extended and, you know, she's telling you all this stuff, you're like, I think I'm there. I'm doing it. And she was like, dig a little deeper. And you're like, okay. And you're shaking and you think I can't make it. Now I'd show you the other one where I really struggle, which is the one where you're doing like a tricep push up and you're, and you think you're going to fall face forward into the ground because you've been down there so long and your arms are going to give out, but I won't show you that one. I'll show you this one because I can do it without falling down. And, <laughs> and yeah, and, but, but there's times when you're in that place where everything in you says quit, but you know, you can't. And that's, that's what it's like following the things of God. 
And when you get to the place where you push through that, you go from being a great hoper to a great believer. So tonight, we're going to focus on how to become a great believer and not just a great hoper. Amen? All right, so it's time to pursue what God says already belongs to us. How do we know that? How do we know what's ours? We, we read the word. We listen to his spirit. And in those places and in those times, God begins to reveal to us the things that already belong to us. Now, when David, when he went out to war and, and the people came and they stole all their, all their stuff and all their families, and God said, pursue, he strengthened himself and he pursued because it already belonged to him. See, there's things in this word, there's things that have already been promised to us that already belong to us, but we have to pursue them. So tonight, as we go through this, I want you to go through your life and look at the places where your life may not equal what the word says. Because he's promised us um, a life of joy, a life of love, a life of fulfillment, a life of peace, a life of rest, a life of health, a life of strength, a life of power, a life of favor, a life of holiness, a life of righteousness, a life of obedience. All those things belong to us. Does our life measure that? Does our life match that? Are we living that in our lives? Because if we're not, then we're not pursuing all that God has for us. So, after we look at our lives, you know, because God doesn't dream small dreams. God doesn't excel in just existing. That's not where he shows up. I mean, we can exist if, 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 if what our lives are supposed to be is supposed to be giving glory to God. If we're just existing, then what does that say about our God? If our life looks like everyone else's, what does that say about our God? You know, it, if our life isn't shining in, all, in these areas, because see, when our lives excel, when we are living big dreams, then people look at our lives and go, you have a great God. You have a God who takes care of you. You have a God who fulfills your life. You have a God who makes your life joyful. You have a life, God who makes your life complete. You have a, a God who makes your life fun. Are we living a fun life? It's very quiet in here. <laughs> you guys are making me nervous. Even in seventh grade, they're not this quiet all the time, even in my class. And it's pretty quiet in my class because Miss Skelton likes it quiet. <laughs> but you know, God wants to do miraculous things in our lives and through our lives. He wants our lives to be a vessel for him to use. The miraculous, not the everyday. I mean, he wants to accept, he wants to be great in the everyday, but he wants to be great in big ways too. He wants to be great in our big dreams and in our big plans and, and all those kind of things. But we have to give him a place. So tonight, we're going to pursue. Think about it. What if Catherine Kuhlman never decided to lay hands on the first person? What if Billy Graham never decided to ask the first person if they knew Jesus? 
What if Oral Roberts never decided to say, I'll follow you? What if Kenneth Copeland never stopped in Jerry Seville's shop and decided that while he was sitting there, he would have a conversation that encouraged him? See, these are all great men and women of God who did great things and dreamed great big things, but they had to take steps. They had to put feet to their faith. They had to step out and say, all right, let's do this. Let's see what happens. I'm going to trust you, God. Let's see what happens. So the definition of pursuit, since that's our title, the definition is to follow in order to overtake or capture. And there is a part about killing in there, but I didn't think that really pertained to us, so I left that part out. <laughs> so because, you know, we're not we'll kill principalities of power, but we're not going to kill anyone. Uh, but to pursue in order to overtake or capture. See, we have to play a part in this. We're going to have to put feet to our faith. So how do we do that? First, there are three steps. Faith believes the very first step is you have to believe. In Hebrews 13 to 8, it says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have to know who he is to know what we can expect him to do. And that, and that comes by knowing the word of God. You have to read the word of God. You have to be in the word of God. You have to let it speak to you. You have to seek for what you, what you need in the word of God. That's a necessity. To have faith, like you can have faith to believe that God is a healer if you've never read in here that he healed people. You can have faith to believe that God uh, wants to take care of the lack in your life if you've never read about how he takes care of lack in here. Like, you, I mean, because you're ignorant. And ignorance is not a bad thing. It just means you don't know yet. So you have to know yet. So you have to be in your word and you have to find out what that is. Um, now, once you learn the word of God, then you're, because we all have dreams, we all have desires, we all have plans, we all have those things in our life that we want to see accomplished. And once you start to learn the will of God, the word of God, then your agendas begin to line up with his agendas. And your dreams become in line with his dreams. And your desires will be funneled through his desires. Now, that's a powerful place. When what you want and what he wants come together. Because it says in his word that anything you ask in my name according to your desires. Right? So once our desires line up with his desires, that's when we become the unstoppable force. But our desires have to be filtered through his. We have to see what he wants. But see, if you're in the word, if you're seeking his face, if you're really letting the things that are on the inside of you come out, if you're really giving them an opportunity to be seen in your mind, then they will line up. Because God's given each of us a purpose and a plan for this life. And those plans and those purposes will line up with the word of God because the word isn't double-minded. It does, you know, what you read in the word will confirm what's going on in your spirit. Because it's the same. So once you, once you start getting in the word, then your desires and your dreams, it's like two tributaries coming into one river. 
Now, the tributaries have power on their own. Like, you can make stuff happen on your own. But if it gets in the river, that's a powerful force. So, our desires and his desires begin to come into place. When this happens, see, after this happens, when you start to see the things of God happen, then the glory goes to who? God. Because when he's lifted up, then men will be drawn to him. That's, that's the premise of the whole thing. Not so that we can have stuff. Not so that we can be like, oh, look how cool they are. Not any of that. It's so that when, when what we do comes to the light as something awesome, God gets the glory. And see, when God gets the glory, then other people go, huh, that's what God looks like. And that's when, when we show them a true, living, powerful, loving God, they want it. Amen? Amen. All right, so then after our de- dreams and desires come into place, come in line with God, then we, faith believes. I'm sorry, then faith speaks. Now, when you speak, this is the arena where your faith meets God's ability. When you pray, your faith meets God's ability. Now, there is nothing that you can pray according to God's will that will surprise him. There's nothing that you can pray according to his will that will make him go, I don't think I can do that. That's too big for me. Your audacity is not going to be more than his capacity. He is capable of accomplishing the things that you speak when you speak in accordance with his will. Knowing God's word, honing those together, then you begin to speak. Now you speak in conversations, you speak, but mostly you speak in prayer. Now, um, I know you know we've been reading that book, Sun Stand Still, and there was something in there that really stuck out to me, um, and it was when you, when you pray according to his will, you're, you begin to make petitions to God. Now, these petitions aren't like, you know, God, you, know, you, you remind God of things that happen in his word. Now, these petitions aren't like, uh, God, I know you've got a lot going on and you probably forget a lot of stuff. <laughs> And so I just want to remind you that back, remember back the lady that had the issue of blood and you healed her? Um, Well, okay, so like I need healing. And so in case you forgot, you healed her. And so could you heal, you know, it's not like that. It's basically what it is, is it's encouraging you to believe that he can do what he's already done. And so we get to that place where we begin to say, it's just interjecting your needs into something that's already established. It's a proven place in his word where God's come through in a mighty way. And so, you know, um, in areas where there's lack, God turned water into wine. Um, the widow and her son, where she made uh, the cakes every day and nothing ran out until the, until the um, drought was over. The seed for the sower. You know, all those areas. If you have lack in your life, you can say, Lord, in your word, it's, you did this. 
And you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you are the same God now that you were then. You know, if you need healing, the woman with the issue of blood, the, the deaf and the lame. That's funny that I had that in there. The deaf and the lame. Even though it's gross, it worked. <laughs> According to Molly. You know, uh, <laughs> if you think you've messed up too many times to have God fix it, the woman at the well. There's an example in the word. Whatever it is you need, there's a miracle in the word that relates to where you are. You have to find it. You have to stand on it. You have to speak it. You have to believe it. You have to interject who you are into what he's already done. He's already done it. This is full of promises that, that tells us what his character's like. The woman at the well came and she didn't want anybody to see her. Because she knew that there was ridiculing waiting for her at every step. She knew that people looked at her in a horrible, bad way. And she turned around because Jesus said, there's hope for you. I know everything that you've done, and I still love you. I still will give you life everlasting if you'll just trust me. And she ended up saving her whole village. Went back, exclaiming, you know, someone... Now, now that, that would take... That would take something to know that when you go back, they're going to look at you the same way they did. They don't know what happened to you. But see, when you get in a place where God touches you, where God speaks to you, where God encourages you, where God fills you up, when you get in that place, you become that unstoppable force. She knew that something was different. She knew she was different. She knew that the outlook was different. She knew that everything could be different. It could be different for you. Like you, you couldn't shut her up. And because that's the way it works. When God works for you, you become an unstoppable force. But see, if you think you've messed up too many times for God to fix it and you don't know about the woman at the well, or you haven't heard a story like it, then you're, it's real easy for the devil to tell you there's no hope for you. You can't be saved. See, when we know the word of God and we fill ourselves with the word of God, then God can work. And then you read the story about the woman in the well, and you're like, sweet, this can work for me. There's an answer for me. I mean, that would be, I mean, liberating to know that, yes, there is hope for me. I can do this. I can be something that the plans and the purposes for my life have not been set aside. I can still accomplish something for God because I'm still valuable. Even though in and of myself, I don't feel it. (laughs) I know I don't deserve it, but neither did she. She was on husband number five and they weren't even really husband and wife. Common laws, we call it in West Virginia. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, you got it is what it is. So anyway, that's where she was. How many of us write people off after about three? Mentally, you know, we're like, but God said, it's okay. God still says, it's okay. What story do you need to fix your faith on? What place in the word is going to give you life? Find it. Meditate it. 
speak it, pray it. Then after that, you're going to put some feet to it. Because after that, faith acts. Now, faith is an active word. It is not a passive word. Faith, you're going to have to fight. Now, John, he talks about fighting. I don't know that, well, anyway. I think we got together because maybe we're both just as feisty. Like, I was, I was, I never really fought a lot, but there was something about me that people just didn't want to fight me. I don't understand, except for the girls on my track team. Now, the girls on my track team, they did not mince words with me. Hi, if we lose because of you, we're going to. Okay. <laughs> I was the fourth fastest on the team. And then <laughs> I was way faster than the next fifth fastest person, but I was the fourth fastest on the team. So they let me know under no certain terms that if we lost, it would be on me. So my little feet carried me pretty fast. But I was not afraid to fight. I never, I, I, just growing up, I grew up with boys. I liked I liked hanging out with boys. It was way better. Like, we would just punch each other, and then we could go play. <laughs> yeah, 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 I got a, I got a tooth chipped. I got a tooth knocked out. I mean, it was like, Arr. but one was a baby tooth, so it didn't count. <laughs> you know, and we played with plastic bats and just beat the tar out of each other. And, but it was fun. And, you know, and then when we were done, we could still be friends. We didn't have to hate each other forever and write bad things about each other on pieces of paper. And, you know. <laughs> so anyway, fight, I, I understand fighting. I understand, you know what, that's mine, and you can't have it. If, if that's what God says, that's mine, and you cannot have it. So I understand fighting. And I found this passage in Judges, and it was after um, Judges 3. And it talked about how God had left some of the ites, you know, all the ites, in some of the lands because they would have, the children of Israel would have to fight. And, and the passage says, each generation would learn by fighting. It was talking about trusting God. It was talking about knowing that he was God and they would learn by fighting. I've never seen that before because this is an active thing. Faith, when faith, faith has to act, and, and, and it's a fight. It's not just, oh, whatever you think, I'll just stand here and wait here patiently. You know, it, it is, it's, it, it's a tenacious thing. You know, in the, in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, the people of Israel, they learned to trust God and follow God because they had to physically fight other people. They had to whip out their sword, and they had to say, on it's you or me and mean it for real like they had to know that God said when God said and, and they would wait most of the time till God said to pursue because they knew if God was on their side it would be a positive outcome because they had learned because it said every generation would have to learn by fighting and because they knew what happened in the past, they knew how God stood on their side, they knew that, that that's where the victory was, was when they would fight. We have to fight. Now, we don't fight physically. Uh, you know, there's not going to be swords waiting for you on the way out. You're going to have to fight spiritually. 
We're warriors. In Second Chronicles 16 and 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on the behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. God's waiting for us to show up. And when he does, he will fight with us because there's still an enemy. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. This is active. It's on the offensive. James 2, 7, we fight uh, faith by itself. If it doesn't have works, is dead. We have to fight the fight of faith. 1 Timothy 6, 12, it says we can ask God to help us, but we have to be willing to take our sword and start fighting in his strength. It's an active stance. In Matthew eleven three, it says his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Now think about that. If God says that his yoke is easy and his burden light, what do you do with a yoke? You put it on two oxen and you say, go work. Now we are, we are, we are yoked up with God. That means we're going to work. We're going to have to work. We're going to have to put some motion to our faith. It doesn't say, my cushion in this tent over here is very fluffy. Come sit on it. That's not the analogy he gives. It'd be a nice one, wouldn't it? Have some bonbons. Have a seat. It's all good. I've taken care of it. No, it says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We can pray, but we have to prepare. We can ask God to intervene, but we have to initiate the changes in our lives if we want to make them happen. This type of pursuing joins our faith-filled prayer with our faith-filled action. We act like it's happened already. We act like God is on our side. We act like we're going somewhere. And Joshua, and uh, John's been talking about this a lot, Joshua, when he prayed the sun stands still. But if you go back before the sun stands still part, uh, Joshua did all he could to be ready. See, the night before, he had, he had um, led his warriors with him on an all-night march and surprised the enemy. So he showed up physically in that he led the people into battle. He showed up mentally in that he had had prepared the plan to strategically surprise the enemy. And then when he got there, he showed up physically to fight with his sword. And when he did, God met him in that place. And it said that he sent down hailstones to begin with. And then when that didn't finish it off, he made the sun stand still. When Joshua said, Lord, make the sun stand still because I haven't finished what you've sent me to accomplish. See, back to the beginning, when our vision lines up with his vision. See, Joshua didn't say, can the sun stand still because I, I, I need a tan because it's spring break. <laughs> and, you know, we're going to need a little extra sun here. No, he was trying to accomplish the plan that God gave him. He was trying to finish the thing that God said start. He was trying to finish what God said to pursue. He was pursuing. 
See, if you're going to pray that the sun stands still, you better be ready to march all night. This is active. This is a participation. <laughs> this is a participation walk. Now, I've I just got a quick, a quick story. And, and before I start, you know, just I, I'm not talking about me when it's going to be about me. But just listen to the concepts and not like, oh, look what she did. Um, before Easter, you know, John was talking about uh, fasting. And before Easter, I felt like, and he said, honey, could you please fix the fronts of each of the rooms for the toddlers and the nursery and K for J? Sure. No problem, baby. So I go over there and... and, and and so I go online, and I look and look and look and look, find pictures. I've got pictures everywhere, and I'm just, oh, I'm bubbly excited, like, oh, I've got a job. Yes, because I haven't had a job. Ah, yay, I get a job. And so I get in there and start planning and start looking, and I'm looking online, and I'm putting pictures together. Oh, this will go in this room, and oh, this will go in this room. And I became obsessed, so to speak, like a possessed woman yeah but anyway I became obsessed with these rooms because I felt like and, and I felt like it was okay God said it's okay pursue this because I, I have to be very careful because there's a lot of stuff that I do and and I you know I have to feel bad because there's I'm very protected They're, they take a they do a great job of protecting me because I still work at school I still go to school at 7 15 every day still teach seventh graders they're trying at this point of the year to kill me <laughs> a little bit each day. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> yeah, anyway, <laughs> we're four and a half weeks yet. I said, do you think we could just like tag somebody and say you're it for the last four weeks and they could come in and finish this up? Absolutely. Yeah, but that doesn't happen. Anyway, um, but, but they're very good at protecting me. And so when God said to pursue, I knew it was okay. Because they do, I mean, Pam and, and John, they do a wonderful job of making sure that I'm not overwhelmed. So praise God for that. But God said it was okay. And I'm like, yes. So I'm making these plans, right? So I get it all put together and I get all these plans down. And I get it all going. And at that point, I'm starting to believe. Because John said, just do this. And God said, you can go ahead and do them all. Okay. And then I started walking around in these rooms. And I'm like, that's a lot of square footage, God. He said, it's okay, go for it. I'm like, okay. So now at that point, I'm starting to believe. And if any of you saw me during that time, at, after that, I started casting vision <laughs> on anybody that would stand still long enough to hear me. <laughs> Guess what we're going to do? <laughs> And all of you that have volunteered with me said, amen. So, <laughs> so I'm casting vision to everybody. You want to get on board with this. This is going to be the most exciting thing since, since a man went on the moon. We're going to have all this stuff in this room. And I'm showing you pictures on my phone. Look, look at this. How cute you're going to, you know, and, and I am just giving it, man. I am pouring it on thick. You want to be involved in, and praise God. There were a lot of people involved because I, in, in all honesty, there's nothing I could have done. <laughs> of any of that by myself. So praise God for everybody that helped me. But 
after getting those pictures and after casting that vision, if I didn't come in here at 3.30 and put on my work pants, none of that would happen. Because God said, and, and you've seen those flipping shows where they flip houses, you know, not the flipping shows, but the <laughs> houses, the shows where they, where they flip houses. <laughs> Man, I thought I was going to go all night without having something that had to be deleted. But anyway, <laughs> close. But <laughs> they said the first rule of flipping is you have to be there for the flip. So God said, you're going to have to man this ship. Okay, and I, I was all for it. Yes. And so every day, 3.30, get off school, come here, put on my work pants, and we went at it for, I don't know how many weeks it's been, about three, about three weeks, four, I don't know, seems like a lot now, started out two, now we're on four, but anyway, if I hadn't have done that, nothing would have happened. I had to put action to my faith. And, and, and believe me, if you know me, it's a miracle that they're done. Because I, I, I'm a shiny things kind of girl, and I get bored real easy. Oh, look, shiny things. And I'm so bored with this. What's next? You know, <laughs> and, and, but just like, you know, just like with Jillian Michaels, God gave me John. That is very straightforward and to the point. <laughs> girl, I noticed that you went from that room to that room, and that room's not finished. This is all on you, by the way. Yes, sir. You know, <laughs> if you think you get it easy, nope. There's no one he's more honest with than me. And so <laughs> I knew that it was all on me, and I, but God had already told me that. So I didn't have to get upset with him and cry because God had already told me, so I was already prepared. Because I would have cried if it had been not just from God too because that would have hurt my feelings. But see, I had to show up physically. There were things that God wanted to accomplish that I had to do. And, 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 and praise God for his perfect timing because you, you all know John. And uh, he was fasting and not eating, so I didn't, have to be, I didn't have to be home to cook him dinner every night. And it was better when I wasn't around because then he didn't have to think about eating, so that worked out well. And because normally, if I'm not around for a couple hours, the phone calls start. Hi, <laughs> where are you? How long are you going to be there? When are you coming home? <laughs> and there were a lot of man hours here. I mean, it was just, that's just the way it is. There were, a lot of, there were a lot of hours. And a lot of people put in a lot of hours to make those rooms look like they do. And because of God's perfect timing, I was allowed to man the ship. I, I, I'm just saying that because you need to know, you need to know timing, you need to know seasons. And when God says pursue, it's for a time and it's for a season. And so a miracle happened because the rooms are finished ish. They're real close. Real, they're real close. Like we got maybe two more, two more work nights if you want to volunteer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, just joking. I know it's all, the rest is probably all on me, but, um, because nobody answered their phone. Uh, <laughs> just saying. Uh, <laughs> I understand. I understand totally because it's not your season and God didn't tell you to man this ship. But 
See, God takes our natural abilities and he adds a super to it. Because without God's ability, without God's grace, see, God's grace was sufficient. Because in the middle of that, I never felt overwhelmed. In the middle of that, I never felt exhausted. Now, I felt tired. There were times I went home and went, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm so glad I don't have to cook for you. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, I was just tired. I wasn't exhausted. I wasn't overwhelmed. Not because I'm super, but God is. And his grace is sufficient. And the things that he calls you to, the things that you're supposed to walk out, there will be provision for it. There was the man hours. There was the, the, the people. There was the creativity. I don't have the creativity for all that stuff, but God gave it to me. And so, yay, I'm going to use it. And, and all those things happen because I put feet to my faith. See, it's about, it's about looking at the thing in front of you and say, okay, what's the first step? Get a vision. What's the second step? Cast vision. To everybody you see, tell them about your dreams. Tell them about your visions. Tell them about your plans. And the thing that the devil will tell you more than anything is just, shh, hold that in. Shh. You don't want to share that. You tell somebody, they're going to think you're crazy. You tell somebody, they're going to tell you it can't work. I don't know. I had a few people say, really? <laughs> like, I even had Joey call one night when we were doing the next door. He's like, John, I don't think she can pull this one off. <laughs> I really, he even came to check on me and Joey doesn't normally check on me but he came to check on me he was like I didn't think you could do it because they were giant giant things that happened supernaturally because God made a way see this isn't about just floating on clouds and all those kind of things this is about there's a dream and a vision on the inside of your heart and, and it may not be to change a room but it may be to change your home and if God's calling you to change your home, then he's going to give you the, the words to speak. And then you're going to have to put some action to your faith. If your marriage is in trouble, he might tell you to start being nice to your spouse. All these things. God, See, God has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a vision. If your life is not meeting the expectations of awesome that he's provided, then what can you do? What's the steps you can take? If you don't have a job, you might be wanting to work on your resume, ironing your shirt, getting ready, going to talk to people. If you're in debt up to your eyeballs, you might have to go talk to a counselor, a professional, like, not a counselor like you're crazy, but like, a, you know, you might have to get out your calculator. You might have to live sacrificially. See, there, there are steps to this. Instead of waiting for a money tree in your backyard, <laughs> there, there are steps that you can take that initiates the plan and gives God something to work with. He dreams big dreams. He dreams audaciously. And when you get in his word and you get in his will and you line those two together and you start speaking truth and you start stepping towards it, you're an unstoppable force. Because, see, here's this is why. One, he loves you. But two, when you live this way, people will want what you have. They will want the God 
who backs you up. They will want the God that gives wings to your dreams. That gives you ability. That gives you strength. That gives you tenacity. That gives you follow through. They will want that. So tonight, I encourage you. We're very, 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 very good at having dreams. But tonight, I encourage you to put some feet to your faith. We want to go past being great hopers to great believers. Because believers act, believers speak, believers do. Hopers sit, hopers dream. Hopers wait. There are things in front of you that God is just waiting for you to show up. Every single time I showed up and put on my work pants, God showed up too. Every single time. There wasn't a time that I didn't feel like God was with me. There wasn't a time when I didn't feel like I could keep going because God was with me. And the same God that works for me, that lives in me, that helps me, is available to you. See, there's no difference. There's nothing different between you and me. No different love, no different provision. It's exactly the same. You just have to tap into that ability and to that grace and let God make the difference in your life. Let his super meet your natural. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.